predict, pick, and prevail in your fantasy football leagues with Nick Giacobbe and Nick Cap. From breakouts to busts, superstars to sleepers, these are the guys that will help you achieve fantasy glory. This is the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Welcome everybody to Season 2, Episode 14 of the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. We give you our predictions, our picks, with the hopes that we hope you prevail in your 2022 drafts and the rest of the fantasy football season. I'm your host as always, Nick Giacobbe. Joining me is Nick Cap. Nick, we're doing busts today. We did breakouts yesterday, bust today, and then we'll have some sleepers and some rookies later on this week. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty much your make or break. Um, I'll jump a little in, not going to jump into my list, but the reasons behind it real quick. Um, these are really the guys in the first few rounds that are going to either make or break your fantasy football season. And this is pretty much, you have to hit on these guys to make the playoffs and you have to hit on your late round guys to win your title. So it's very important that at least for me that I'm avoiding these guys in every draft. There's only one that I've taken and that's because he fell like four rounds later than he should have gone. But I'm pretty much avoiding these guys in every draft. I assume it's the same for your list. Yeah, definitely. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. We're excited to talk about it. And I already promised Nick, I have not picked any Jets today. Because there's no one busts. There's going to be no Jets busts. That's why. Listen, I just think there's running backs that are worse takes than Brees Hall, though I'm not touching Brees Hall. Anyway. If this is your first time listening to us, thank you so much for joining in. Hope you do enjoy the show. We do our podcast two times a week, roughly leading up to the season, then four times a week during the season. The audio versions you could find on any podcasting platform, but not limited to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts. If you'd rather watch the show, go to our YouTube channel, Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Hit the subscribe button, drop a like, a comment. We'd appreciate that. If you're listening on the audio, a five-star rating really helps. A review really helps. Even if you just say, I love these guys. They have good takes. They have good takes, but one of them's a Jet fan. The other one's a Seahawks fan. Like, whatever. If you leave a positive review, that really does help us out. We'd appreciate that. If you want to follow us on social media, and please do. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Primetime FF Pod, Facebook, and YouTube, Primetime Fantasy Podcast. We're going to be dropping our little graphics throughout the week that Nick does a wonderful job on. Today, we dropped the graphic for our breakouts, and then tomorrow will be bus and et cetera. So let us know what you think of our list in, our, in the comments. If you like them, don't like them, please let us know on our social media. All righty, let's get to it. Our all-bust team, we're doing it just like we did our breakouts yesterday. If you missed that show, that's totally okay. We'll explain it. Instead of giving you five players that we think will bust or something generic, we've created a a roster, a a starting lineup, basically. Think like a daily fantasy lineup of who we think will be the biggest bust in fantasy football this year. So we each have a quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, and a tight end. So, Nick, first I want to ask you, what do you define as a bust in fantasy football when it comes to your list, and how did you construct your list and choose these players to be your busts of the 2022 fantasy season? So outside of quarterback, everybody on my list, I feel will significantly miss on where their ADP is right now. Um, there's some guys that I think should go two, three rounds later. And there's a couple guys where I'm like shaking my head. Why are they drafted as high as they are? Um, that's pretty much the basis of my list. Mostly younger guys. Surprisingly, I thought it would be an older list, but it's a pretty young crowd. Yeah, for me, I think you hit the nail on the head a little bit. Mine's a mix of both older and younger and early ADP and lower ADP. I think for me, it's just a guy that I don't think can produce for your fantasy football team in the way that you hope them to. Um, if you're selecting Lamar Jackson, who's not my boss, I'm just saying, but if you're selecting Lamar Jackson in round six and he 
ends up being the the you know the quarterback ten on the season, then he was a bust and he was a bad pick for your fantasy team. Same reason as if uh, Christian McCaffrey, who I didn't select as my bust either, but if he doesn't play uh, more than like thirteen games this year, then he's probably a bust as well. So it's that's how I define a bust as le- at least as a player that I don't think is going to perform the way that you believe they should and probably won't perform there uh, at their ADP. So. Nick, let's start with the quarterback. Who is your quarterback bust for this fantasy season? All right, so I was between two guys for this spot. I think I picked the other one. I think I know who you picked, and I probably took the other one. So the one that I wanted to put, but I decided not to. Don't say that one. Say who you picked. I think we have the same one. Okay, the guy that I did take is. If, 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 you, if you relax, I think you'll understand what I'm saying. If I relax, yeah, I know. What you're just, talking just relax. It's got to relax a little bit. I picked Mr. Joe Shiesty. Yep. I, I, I knew think, you were going with him. I, I think Burrow, I think he's a great talent at quarterback. He's someone that I overlooked when he first came in the league. Um, I didn't think he'd be number one pick worthy, but he proved me wrong there. Where I don't think he's going to prove me wrong is on the football field in terms of fantasy statistics. Last year, he was an absolute monster, played 16 of 17 games, had 4,600 passing yards, uh, 34 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, which isn't great, but that'll come down as, you know, he ages and gets better and, you know, more football. But he really made his mark in only a couple weeks last season. Um, if you take a look at his uh, his fantasy stats, up until the last four or five weeks of the season, Joe Burrow was an average NFL or quarterback in terms of fantasy. He was like the QB 12, QB 11. And over that championship run, he made himself the QB uh, 8 on the year which is pretty good for fantasy purposes. It was great for where his ADP was last year, but right now he's going as a QB 10. And to me, Joe Burrow cannot replicate the exact stats that he had from last year. 34 touchdowns is absolutely insane for a year two quarterback. That offense is good, but that offense was figured out in those playoffs. They had a really good fourth quarter against Kansas city. They did not play well against the Titans. They played awful against the Rams. Like teams have figured out what that, that team is, and that division has gotten way tougher. That Pittsburgh defense is going to lock down some of those receivers. Maybe not Chase, but Higgins you might have some problems with. Boyd is going to have some problems there. And all those deep passes made Joe Burrow that game-winning player. But Joe Burrow didn't have as many big games that you need from your fantasy quarterback. Guys I talked about on last episode, Trey Lance. Trey Lance, I told you, and I believe it. He averaged 10 rushing attempts per game. Is uh, last year in the three games that he started, he's going to get those designed runs. Trey Lance to me will outperform his ADP. Matt Stafford and that loaded offense that just came off a Super Bowl victory that added Allen Robinson to the offense. To me, that's a player I'm going to go watch. And I don't know if Stafford's going to be a great quarterback for fantasy, but Matthew Stafford's going to deliver and he's going to outperform Joe Burrow for fantasy. So if those two go ahead of him, that means that Joe Burrow to me is the QB 12 on the year. I think he could fall a little bit even further behind that. I think I had him higher earlier in my rankings, but looking at these later quarterbacks, I think Derek Carr will outperform him more weeks. I think Kirk Cousins has the upside to outperform him more weeks. And to me, that's too risky of a pick. To me, he's pretty much a backup quarterback for fantasy purposes. I think they hit a big Super Bowl hangover as well this year. I don't think they make the playoffs, and I don't think Joe Burrow is that guy, um, is that fantasy guy this year. I just want to play devil's advocate here a little bit. Uh, because you're right about the inconsistencies from a fantasy standpoint. But in the playoffs, 
phenomenal game against uh, Kansas City. Phenomenal. And then you get like 300 yards and like three or four touchdowns. And that's in Kansas City. Like it's, that, it doesn't get much bigger than that. It all came in one quarter. But it doesn't matter, though. It's, it's Russell Wilson does all his crap in one quarter. So you can't tell me that Russell Wilson's five players Look, higher on your list. Yes, he does. I listen, No, 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 no. I've watched that dude uh, light it up in the fourth I'm not going to talk about a Russ, crappy but, first half. I'm just but, saying but, I'm playing devil's advocate. Burrow's uh, not going to be able to replicate that against Cleveland secondary, Baltimore secondary, and Pittsburgh. This, but the secondaries like, aren't as good. And and, and the Rams the Rams had a phenomenal defense. So I think whatever quarterback was playing against that Rams team wouldn't have played as well or, or at that level. Anyway, um, I'm I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate here, but um, the, the inconsistencies are right. I do agree with those, the, the inconsistencies from a week to week basis, but. Um, I, I think he has all the talent to replicate those yards, um, you know, with the team he has around him. And the offensive line got much better. Now he could actually stand and throw the ball a little bit. Um, for me, listen, you're going to think I'm crazy. Some of you may say I need to be immunized for this one. But Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is going to be a bust this year. And everybody thinks, oh, Rodgers, MVP. Well, you say he could have been MVP last year, but in, in fantasy football, he ended as the quarterback five, which is great. Averages quarterback six. That's pretty good, too, being drafted as the quarterback eight this year. But with that said, he lost Devontae Adams, who accounted for 1,500 yards and 11 touchdowns. Rodgers had 4,000 y- passing yards, uh, or 4,100, I should say. Um, so that's not a full third, but almost like more than a third, basically, of his passing yards was to Devontae Adams. He had 37 passing touchdowns. 11 of them went to Devontae Adams. That's a little bit uh, less than a third, if I'm saying my math correctly. Um, on top of that, the line is banged up. Uh, ben Attendee had the, had the late ACL last year, and I think uh, the other tackle also was dealing with an ACL injury. So are they going to be good for the season? Yes, but two offensive linemen coming with pretty serious injuries. Aaron Rodgers is 39 this year, I think. I think that that's going to become more of a run first team. I think the Vikings could end up taking them over in that division. There's no rushing upside to Aaron Rodgers. I feel like he's always in the media for something negative these days. I'm taking like 12 quarterbacks over Aaron Rodgers. So that's why I'm going to crown him as my fantasy football bust this year. Wide receivers, Nick, who's your first wide receiver bust? You know, one of my favorite things to do in fantasy, Nick, what would that be? I love stacking my quarterbacks with my receivers. I'm going with T. Oh, no, no, that's a terrible take. No, No. it is not. Oh, man, you're killing me. T. Higgins is going Uh. off the board as the wide receiver 11. There is absolutely no reason the wide receiver two on a team should be drafted as high as T. Higgins is going. Higgins only saw... 74 receptions last year and 110 targets. Do you know, want to know how many top 24 receivers finished with 75 or less targets last year? Mike Evans, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. That's the list. For T. Higgins to replicate a 75-catch season and finish as a top 12. Now I'm saying half of what, like, he, like, in the... I, you know, the next percentile, the wide receiver one that he's being drafted to be, you need an uptick in all those stats because that is a full outlier for fantasy football. T. Higgins, phenomenal talent. But that offense is loaded with an array of weapons. 
Tyler Boyd is going to get usage as much as you will not want him to. He is going to have weird games, and Boyd is going to be a weird fantasy player. He's going – I'm trying to think of a perfect analogy, but it's like that one player that's not good enough to start on a weekly basis but always takes that touchdown. or Sean that Jackson's big, entire career, ex- basically. Perf- exactly. He's going to take away that big play that would have been Higgins. You're going to say all year – Oh, that could have been Higgins' ball. That should have been Higgins' ball. T. Higgins cannot deliver on his ADP with Jamar Chase getting those big touchdowns, with Tyler Boyd in that offense, with with um, Joe Mixon and that run game behind that retooled offensive line. Like Burrow will have a fine year for fantasy, right? Like he will have those twenty-eight point games, and so will Higgins. But my fear for both of them and this stack is that their floor is like T Higgins floor is three catches for 36 yards and no touchdown. Like that's the floor of a guy you're taking at the third round. He sh- the middle of the third round. He does not deserve to go there. He does not deserve to be drafted this high because it's impossible for him on a weekly basis to put up wide receiver one numbers. So for me, I'm fading Higgins at his ADP. I did draft him in a league. But I drafted him as my flex receiver to be wide receiver three because he fell way too far down the board. Don't fall into the trap of trusting T. Higgins, the wide receiver two on his team, to be your wide receiver one in fantasy football. You know what? I respect you because if you're out on the Bengals, you're out on the Bengals. That's fine. I respect it. You're, you're going you're, you're gonna to die on the take. You're going to live and die by the take. So I respect it at least. Um, and you back it up. I'll say that. Um. I'm fading Debo Samuel, who I've been fading the entire um, offseason. He finished last year wide receiver three. He was third in points, third in average. He's being drafted as the wide receiver six. That's where my problem comes in, because I feel like there's 10 receivers I'd rather have over him. Last year, over the offseason, he says he didn't want to be used as a running back. Well, guess where a lot of your fantasy output came from? You had eight rushing touchdowns on 59 carries. That's like every seven carries, he's expected to score a touchdown. That's th- that's not a stat that can last. That's a one-year stat. He's not going to get that many touches towards the goal line. Trey Lance will eat into it. The four running backs that Shanahan uses will eat into that. The shuffle passes to either the tight end or the fullback will eat into it. Brandon Ayuk's developed chemistry with Trey Lance. I think his rushing touchdowns are maybe three. So... Now you're taking away five touchdowns from last year. That's, you know, six points. That's 30 fantasy points right there. That's like a full, like, two weeks, one week, basically. Um, his receiving numbers are also insane. He had a, His yards after catch number was, was great. It was great. It was second behind Jamar Chase, I believe. And it's just not going to be there. Um, I don't think you could replicate those stats. I don't think it's sustainable. I think he's going to be drafted too high based on last year's stats. And I think I don't think you could go – with, with a player like that. And that's going to be a theme of the players that I'm fading. Um, so when it comes to Debo being drafted at like pick 11, I'd rather have Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, I may, maybe even like T. Higgins. Like there's other guys I'd rather have than Debo Samuel because I don't know where the production's going to be on that offense. I don't know what that offense is going to look like per se. Um, and I don't think he replicates that. So that's why I am crowning Debo at, as my fantasy bust at, at wide receiver. I don't think he has a bad year. I don't think he should be your wide receiver one. So uh, your second wide receiver bust. 
for I just want to go back real quick. I agreed with everything you said until you said you would take T. Higgins over him. That's a ridiculous statement. But I, I might, I might, <laughs> I might. Because I, I am a believer in the Bengals and T. Higgins. That's fair. So for my wide receiver two on this team, I am not a fan of DJ Moore this year. I know a lot of people saw that target number of. He's an interesting oh. player. He, he, I don't want to cut you off, but he's a really interesting. He's a player. very interesting fan because he, he seems like a player that like nobody really wants, but he's had twelve hundred scrimmage yards for three straight years, and he's the only player to do that in the last three years. So I'm, but again, like I, I'm not a big DJ Moore guy either, so I'll let you finish your take. But anyway, interesting player nonetheless. I completely agree. He's incredibly interesting. Like just to play the devil's advocate before I absolutely shoot on T on uh, DJ Moore. He's been healthy his entire career. He's only missed five games across his four years in the league. He had 160 targets last year, thousand yard receiver. Like that's all phenomenal. Until you realize that Baker Mayfield, who's never produced a top 30 quarterback, is now under center, and Christian McCaffrey is back, who ate into those targets in his healthy season. Like Christian McCaffrey is the biggest aspect to whether DJ Moore can succeed in this offense. If he sees his 160 targets, he will get 100 catches. Absolutely. Like, he will have a good year. But that's what he did last year. And last year he was a wide receiver 18 playing fully healthy. So that's exactly where his floor is, you know, his ceiling really is. His ceiling is him replicating the last year he had. Fully healthy, 160 targets a bunch of yards, maybe he gets a couple more touchdowns because he only had four last year, and Baker's clearly better than Darnold, but McCaffrey is eating into that workload for sure. I can't see DJ Moore going as the wide receiver 13. I can see him as a flex play. I like DJ Moore in my flex spot. I do not trust him as my wide receiver too, and if you went if you went uh, back-to-back running backs, you're risking him taking him as your wide receiver one. Hell no. That's a hard pass from me on DJ Moore. Yeah, I mean, you back it up, right? Very interesting, but he's been consistent. So again, I use the word interesting because like you either you you pick a side on DJ Moore and you stick with it. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm gonna make this very very short. DK Metcalf, last season wide receiver 14, average wide receiver 23 behind Tyler Lockett, being drafted as the wide receiver 19 this year. He lost Russell Wilson. When was the last time we saw an elite receiver lose a quarterback like that and get such a downgrade? Like, I was just racking it up in my head. First off, quarterbacks like that don't normally leave. I mean, Phillip Rivers left and, you know, and Keenan Allen lost Phillip Rivers, but then he got Herbert. Well, you know, that's the only thing I could really think of. But look at the downgrade that Geno Smith or Drew Locke. I don't need to say much about this take. I don't think anybody's high on, on DK, but... Like, I have him in my top 24. I think I have him at 24. If I redid my rankings, I don't think he'd be at 24. I think he'd be lower. So uh, he's being drafted too high. He's being drafted around guys like Marquise Brown, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Chris Godwin, um, and even guys later in the draft I think have more potential than, than DK Metcalf. So I, I'm 100% out on him. All righty, Nick, your first running back bust. All right. I said it earlier. I Nick gave me so much praise for ripping this guy apart 50 minutes into an episode. Now I'm going to rip him apart right here. Right I didn't here. pick him because I knew you would pick him. I know. I didn't pick Rodgers because I knew you would pick Rodgers. Like, we play up. We got good chemistry, Nick. We got great chemistry. And the one thing I think we both know is Saquon Barkley is destined to be a bust this fantasy season. Way too many people are drafting him way too high. 
Right now, he's going as the RB15 off the board in ESPN. And I'm pretty sure that's the lowest across the three major platforms that he's going. It is absolutely absurd where he's going in drafts. He finished last year as the RB30. And I know people are saying when Saquon Barkley's healthy, he's going to be a good player. He missed four games last year. He averaged 3.7 yards per carry. He only had he had less than 600 rushing yards on 160 attempts. He found the end zone a total of four times last year, and two had to come into the air. Brian Dable, guess what he didn't do? Passed to his running backs when he was in Buffalo. This is not a good situation for Saquon Barkley. It is a terrible situation for fantasy. I know what people are saying. If Saquon Barkley is Saquon Barkley from two and three years ago when he was a rookie, he's a beast. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. But he's not that player anymore. He, you got to move past it. This is purely drafting on name alone. It, it's not based on projection. It's based on this was Saquon Barkley, a top pick in the draft, a top college player from Penn State. That's not him anymore. He's four years later, and he's averaging the the 45th yards per carry in the NFL. It's not sustainable. He's not going to produce. And when he is playing from behind, that team is not going to hand him the ball. Will he get some checkdowns? Sure. Will he be a fine play from week to week? Sure. But if you're trusting him to be your RB2, you are going to fail a hell of a lot more than you succeed in fantasy. He's also on a terrible offense. So Yes. Um, my, my bust is Austin Eckler. And I just want to preface this. When I say bust, I don't mean he's not going to be a top 24 running back. He won't be the running back three, though. That's where he's being drafted as. Last season, second in fantasy points, third in average. Great, 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 great fantasy season. He won new championships. However, he started 16 games last year. Most in his career before that, I believe he'd only started 10, was the most he started in a season. He's also a smaller running back. I'm a small dude. I'm 5'4". I like rooting for the small guys. But listen, plays a position where he gets hit a lot. He's at a disadvantage. Um, I also saw the stat. Eckler's never eclipsed over 20 carries in a single NFL game. Uh, throughout his entire career, he's never had more than 20 carries. He finished fifth in rushing touchdowns next year, uh, last year. So if you're not getting 20 carries, let's say he's getting 15, and you're telling me he's going to average a touchdown a game, like – that's just that's not sustainable. It's, it's the same thing as Debo, where his his ceiling last year was so high that he he can't hit that this year. It's not going to happen. He's also going to deal with uh, Joshua Kelly, and they drafted Isaiah Spiller. They know that Eckler is uh, prone to being banged up, and I don't think he gets gets featured the way that, that you would want him to do. Picking him in the top five. I'm not comfortable taking him over Derrick Henry, who would have been the fantasy MVP last year. Like. I'm pretty sure he still has the highest average points per game. I think he finished above Taylor. Yeah, and in terms of points, I think Henry was still like a top 12 running back and he missed like eight games. So as much as I don't like the Derrick Henry situation, Derrick Henry is a much more uh, appeasing pick to me than Austin Eckler. So is Delvin Cook in the new offense. So is Najee Harris with the volume he's going to get. So to me, Eckler's a bust because I think he's going to perform like a second round talent. And if you have a top five pick and you're picking Eckler, I think you're making a major mistake. And if you're drafting with me tonight ahead of pick five or I'm um, six, excuse me, please pick Austin Eckler and let one of those guys fall to me. Thank you. 
just to Alrighty. help add your stat a little more, Austin Eckler saw a 58% snap share last year, and they drafted a running back with a key pick. There you go. Uh, your second running back, Nick. All right. You talked about touchdown regression. There is nobody that's going to regress more than James Conner is this year. He was the RB. Uh, I think he was the top five running back or maybe top six. He, was. he had like 18 touchdowns. He had eight, exactly. He had 18 touchdowns, one, th- uh, th- three through the air, 15 on the ground. And he had the same exact uh, runs per carry as Saquon Barkley did last year. 3.7, ironically enough. Uh, he had 200 carries last year. Do I think he will do that again? Sure. But like I said, that bad rushing stat of 3.7 yards per carry, that only led him to 750 rushing yards. That's what he's going to post up. That's exactly the stat line he's going to post up this year. He will not be a 1,000-yard rusher. He will see very heavy touchdown regression. After Chase Edmonds left in the first half of the season and he had the second half all to himself, he was phenomenal. And that was after Kyler Murray got hurt and said, I'm not running the ball anymore because I want my money. I want my contract before I face another major injury rushing the ball. Kyler, you're going to see that mobile quarterback that's running out of the pocket, that has design runs to go flick the ball to Zach Ertz or run it straight into the end zone on the outside. You're not going to watch James Conner lead the league and carries inside the five yard. I think it was one or two only with Taylor. Yeah, he, he was he was right up there. So he saw all these massive like – Look, the stats you saw last year were phenomenal. That's exactly what you'd want to see. But when Mike Tomlin kicks you out for the next running back and uses the first-round draft pick, and you have the outlier year of the massive touchdowns and the first healthy season of your career, like I'm not trusting you for fantasy. He's not good enough of a rusher on the ground where I want to take him as my RB2. So for me, I'm going to steer clear. I don't think he's a horrendous pick. I think Saquon's a horrendous draft pick at his ADP, but I can't see him replicating those stats for where he's going right now. I think you're right. I, I think I'm going to speak about my guy in a second, but I, I think the Connor pick, I don't hate it as much because if touchdown regression goes from 18 touchdowns to 12, you're still getting 12 touchdowns. You're yeah. still getting a great season. Um, I think Connor's a fine RB2. I would say just don't reach on it, but I think he's a fine RB2 on your team. Um my guy is what I call a panic pick. It's David Montgomery. And I call him a panic yeah. pick. I call him a panic pick yeah. because he's the guy that you see in round four and you say, shit, I don't have a second running back. Oh, uh, Montgomery, he, he, he led me to a championship two years ago. It's a panic button. What are the positives to David Montgomery? Because I have the negatives. He finished last season as running back 21, average running back 15. Not, not terrible, actually. Being drafted as running back 18. But the guys behind him right now, Travis Etienne, more upside. Josh Jacobs, more upside, going to score more points in that offense. Not on, not on the Bears. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, they're going to score more points. More upside. Damian Pierce, I think, has more upside. I don't see the upside with David Montgomery. I see the definition of running back dead zone and panic pick. Khalil Herbert was a top five running back in two games without David Montgomery last year. They also drafted a running back and signed an, uh, I think they signed two running backs, excuse me. Uh, David Montgomery's also averaged uh, lower than four yards per carry in his career. Um, he has a horrendous offensive line. Don't, don't neglect offensive line when it comes to fantasy football, especially running backs. Horrendous offensive line. He's not consistent at all. Like he has his good stretches, especially towards the playoffs, which is great, but you got to get, to the playoffs to have that good stretch. So with all that said, I'm avoiding David Montgomery and calling him a bust. I think he should be a guy who's drafted around six or seven rather than four or five. 
All righty, your last pick, Nick, your tight end bust of the year. We might have the same one here. I'm curious. I'm not sure if we do. I, th- I don't know who you have, but I don't think you have this guy. Um, this is a tight end for me that's going right in the dead zone. He's going in the seventh round. He's going off the board as the tight end seven. But none of the things you want for check marks for those late round tight ends does he have. He sees a good amount of targets. But the major things you want to see from your tight end is their offense scores a lot of points. Their offense can put up a lot of touchdowns to the tight end. The tight end's the receiving option one, two, or maybe three if it's a very high power offense. But to me, this guy is just not that this year. It's TJ Hawkinson from the Detroit Lions. We don't have the same one, so I'm glad. I think Hawkinson's an all right tight end for fantasy. But at his ADP, you're missing out on other guys and not at the tight end position. Where he's being drafted right now, you're taking him over. Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Thomas, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, Dallas Goddard, who I think will have a better year, Russell Wilson, Kareem Hunt, Antonio Gibson. I can go on and on and on. And those are guys being drafted two rounds later. Those aren't even the guys at his ADP right now. Hawkinson will put up a fine number of points. He put up a very solid nine and a half fantasy points per game last year for a tight end. I'm taking my shot on Dallas Goddard two rounds later. I'm taking my shot on Cole Komet six rounds later. I'm taking my shot on Logan Thomas in the last round of my draft before TJ Hawkinson. It's just the thing of value, right? I don't want the value and the draft capital that I need to use on TJ Hawkinson for a guy that's going to average a solid nine to 10 fantasy points this year over a guy that I think can be a true league freaking winner at that ADP. I'm not taking Hawkinson there. He doesn't have the upside of the touchdowns. That offense is not going to score a lot of points. DeAndre Swift is a wide is the running back one. The the first passing check option is Amon Ross St. Brown for sure. They're going to focus in on Jamison Williams. Once he comes in, they use a very early first round pick DJ Chark. They're going to look to implement immediately. There's way too many weapons for an offense that's not going to put up a lot of points. So for me, Hawkinson, I'm fading him. I think you're drafting him in the the. I think he's going to be a massive dead zone. Like I need a tight end before the next tier, so I'm going to take him, even though he's not going to score nearly as many fantasy points as the other guys in that area. For me, it's Darren Waller, and I don't think Waller will have a bad season, but. He's being drafted in the same rounds as Kittle and Pitts. And I think that those two guys are a level above him, and I think Schultz is also above him as well. Uh, Last year, Darren Waller was a tight end 17. He was average tight end 6, which is pretty good, and only had two touchdowns to back it up. But there's too much competition on that team. I think Devontae Adams will be the wide receiver 1. And then I think Renfro might also be above Darren Waller on that chart because Darren Waller was a, a, a the 17th best, um, excuse me, uh, Hunter Renfro um, was the 17th best fantasy uh, fantasy receiver last year. And I think people tend to overlook that. And I think Renfro might be getting underdrafted. And that's kind of where I've landed in the past week or two. Last year, he had 128 targets, 100 receptions, and nine touchdowns. Now, I think Renfro's numbers go down. Those numbers are Renfro's. I think they're going to go down. But Renfro's numbers won't go from 120 targets to 60. Carr isn't going to say, I don't trust you anymore. So 
I think it's Waller whose number is going to take the bigger hit here. And that's kind of what worries me, that if his ADP is around round five or six, I don't think you're going to get that production from him, whereas there's a receiver around there that you could grab that is going to put 20 points, 15 points a week, where I think Waller is closer to like eight to 12 points. I think you could wait a round or two and get Schultz or Goddard or you know, wait on the tight end. I think another panic pick is Darren Waller, who again, I don't think has a bad season. I like Waller more than I like Montgomery, but I just don't like where he's going in terms of, of that offense and all the mouths they have to feed. So those are our all bust teams. Please go to our social media channels. We'll post the graphics. Let us know what you think. The picks you like, the picks you don't like, who you're avoiding. Let us know. We want to hear from you guys. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Primetime, FF Pod, Facebook, and YouTube, Primetime Fantasy Podcast. If you want to watch the show, it's available on our YouTube every single show that we record. And the audio versions are available on all podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Google, anywhere where you can find a podcast, you could find us. Thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you guys later this week. I think we'll drop a show later tonight. Or for, later well, tonight. You're right. I, we're re- <laughs> behind the scenes. Thank you, Nick. We're recording on Monday night. My power was out like an hour ago. Um, we're going live tonight. If you're listening to this episode in the morning, we'll be live tonight during our draft on our YouTube, our Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, aside from that, you'll hear from us later this week with our sleepers and our rookies. Thank you, Nick, for that. Talk to you guys soon. Have a great Tuesday. <laughs>